0: You're listening to Unraveling Rachel. This podcast is all about this journey that we call life and how we can live it more authentically so that it sucks less and feels better. Sounds good, huh? Hello there, my friends. It has been a little bit since I've talked to you last. The last episode was on October 1st about World Rare Disease Day And I talked a little bit about appendix cancer and announced my GoFundMe. Um, And then I also promised you two new episodes coming up that I honestly thought I would knock out within like the month of October itself, but it just didn't happen that way. I am finding balance again between healing and working on the podcast and managing life while I am back at work full-time. I had to go back to work in October in order to get the right number of hours that I need to qualify for my insurance benefits, which is super, super duper important to me right now because as one who has had cancer and continues to have to manage health and faces six-month scans, Uh, and the possibility of its return, it's important that I have health insurance. And also, if I lose it, it makes it very hard to get new health insurance. Um, Well, as long as I'm employed, I can do COBRA, of course, but it's insanely expensive. And that's just not something that I can take on so I have been working full-time I also returned home to Ohio uh, at the beginning of October and had a nice visit with family and then at the beginning of November I attended a women's retreat in Idlewild and this is one that I was a part I was a founding member of last year and we just met in a like community room in um Uh, church in La Jolla and had a great weekend and this year it was decided that we would expand it. Originally, I did not think that I would attend because I had so much to do but it turned out that I, I was able to make it and I'm so, so glad that I did. I am also glad that I didn't record these two episodes that I promised you in the last episode because So much that has happened in that month and a half since I promised you an episode on body image and an episode about sobriety has spoken directly to these two subjects, and I think those experiences are going to be very valuable for me to share with you. So this first episode, or I should say, the first of the two episodes that I promised you is going to be this one, and it is on body image like weight and worth is how I'm thinking about it. And then the next episode and maybe episodes, I'm still not sure if I'm going to do it all in one or maybe break it down into some smaller ones because I, I've i realized there's just so much to say about it. It's going to be about sobriety, alcohol, and um, I think I might even kind of just get into other things that other substances and things that we use in our life to cope. So this this episode is on body image and I want to start by just kind of talking about my experience with weight throughout my life and my relationship to my body. I'm going to talk about uh, how cancer affected my relationship to my body and my view of weight. Um, A little bit just about weight and size in general in our uh, society. And um, we're going to get into some gratitude, uh, compassion, and um, how do we change this? And I'm going to wrap up with some final thoughts. So first of all, why the heck is it's so important in our world to be skinny. Skinny. You know, like I always, I can remember being like really young, maybe like eight, and admiring the skinny girls. I was already self conscious in a bathing suit. There's this picture of my sister and I, and it's, we're in like leotards. So uh, I think we were like playing gymnastics or something, and like we did around the house. And she had a, I think it was like a Donald Duck leotard and I had a Mickey Mouse, maybe. I'd love to find the picture. I'm not sure where it's at, but that picture, the picture itself, not necessarily, um, well, the memories too, but I really remember that picture of us standing together in those leotards. And I'm not, I'm not overweight, but I remember feeling self-conscious about how I looked in that leotard at like eight I was normal too, like I, I like I said, I wasn't overweight, but I was self-conscious about it. And I was always very, why well, I, I don't know if always, but from, from what I remember, I was very aware of my body and how things felt, how it felt, and how things felt on it. I was really picky about how close fit and how I looked in them, and I often felt very uncomfortable I could not stand like the tags in, in, the, in my clothing, like in the back of a t-shirt or in pants or whatever. And socks were a really big issue for me. I hated that little seam that went across them or across the toe, you know, and how it would rub against my toes inside of shoes drove me nuts. Even my bed sheets and stuff, that feeling on my skin. Now, later, a therapist pointed out that I was probably a highly sensitive person. And I read Elaine Aaron's book, uh, The Highly Sensitive Person. And <laughs> these are things that she says are very typical of a highly sensitive person, especially in childhood. So, yeah, it, it started to make sense. So much of that book made sense for me. But keeping it relevant to this discussion about weight, um, which is, I think, um, really about relationship to the body as well, Um, I was very aware, but aware in a way that I didn't quite, like, I was aware that I had this body, but I didn't understand it. I felt very dissociated from it. I could identify these feelings and I wasn't comfortable but I can remember I think I've mentioned this probably several times already in this podcast standing in the shower at 12 and just like looking at the water running over my hands and thinking like what is this what is this body like how do I have it how can I think about it and look at it and I can feel things in it but it was like really foreign to me I think I was really scared in a way of the physical form. I didn't understand it. And so I um maybe, you know, I think the obsession with weight in a way is a way to control the body because it's almost like disowned in our psyche, maybe. I don't know. I'm just making that up. Um Just, just kind of came to me and I have no foundation for that statement in a scientific way. Actually, I don't really have a foundation for any of this in a scientific way. This is purely experience, so I'm just gonna put that out there right now. Um, and so, the awareness of my body and its size started very young, and then when I hit puberty, I was I started getting chubby. You know, that's what happens to to girls, and I also started eating. Even more poorly than I may have before. I don't really remember what I ate as a young child. We did have like family dinners, and I remember my mom cooking a lot of stir fries and probably relatively healthy ish stuff. But when I got older and things weren't good in my family, and my mom was working and my dad was, you know, who knows, I, I, started feeding myself and I fed myself not so good things, uh, because they felt really good. So I ate a lot of bread and a lot of those Eggo toaster waffles drenched in butter and syrup. I ate a lot of fried like chicken fingers and stuff. We had a, uh, we had the Schwann's truck stop by and we had a deep fryer. So, you know, that was not good for my weight. And I I guess I just, you know, in hindsight, I see that it was comfort and it was love and it was kind of like putting on that the weight wrapped me in something warm and it also like isolated me from the pain that was going on outside of me. Um, and I didn't like it. I was super uncomfortable and super awkward and I didn't want to be that way um, because there was, you know, skinny was better, thin was attractive. So I really loathed my body, but not enough to like diet or anything. (laughs) Um, But in my, uh, I dated the same guy in high school. I started dating him when I was a freshman and then he cheated on me in my junior year, maybe beginning of my senior year, I think. I I don't really remember. I, I mean, no, it was like the end of my senior year because I, I lost. Yes, it was the end of my senior year because that's when I lost a really fair amount of weight. I grad in my graduation pictures, I was 215 pounds. And then I found out he cheated. And by the time I started my freshman year of college, I had lost 60 pounds at least, I think, over that summer. And, and then I lost a little bit more because I attended a college where I lived on the fourth floor of a dorm room at the top of a hill. And I walked everywhere on campus. It was a small school, Hiram College in Ohio. And it was, yeah, you just didn't need a car. Um, I also played rugby, and that helped. <laughs> we weren't a very good team, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, unfortunately, over my adult lifetime, that weight didn't stay off. I gained it and lost it a few times. And the how wasn't always healthy. Um, I did, when I moved to California, when I was 20, I got into going to the gym, became a little bit more aware of food, but not a whole lot. That really didn't come until probably... I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, Um, but even then it was kind of conventional wisdom about diet, not necessarily a healthy way of losing weight or a healthy, I should say, not the best way for my body, not the best food to make my body feel good. It was more about control. Um, And I think that some of that weight gain and weight loss that I experienced Was probably linked to my emotional states at the time. You know, was I in a relationship or was I really, was I not in a relationship and really focused on me? And I haven't looked back over my whole past to like do that correlation, but that's what I would guess. That's my my intuition tells me that's what was going on. And over the last, I don't know, six or seven years, I've been pretty steady in my weight, um, with the exception of gaining a lot right before my cancer diagnosis. Um, That was, you know, I was gaining weight, thought I was pregnant, and didn't turn out to be the case. So that's like my brief overview, my history with weight gain. I had been at my thinnest and fittest I was probably a size six. Um, and then at my heaviest, I was a 16, maybe pushing an 18. And I was very uh, unhappy. I always compared myself to other people, too. You know, I thought, gosh, it must be, life must be so much better when you're thin. People like you more. You could have more fun. Clothes fit better. But honestly, even when I've been at my thinnest, I find that clothes still, like, I mean, they fit more easily, but it's not like I can just put anything on and it's simple. I think that kind of goes back to my, I'm really, really picky about how things touch my body. My body is very, very sensitive. I'd been told this too. my, um, ever since I started going to, to have like body work and acupuncture, I could feel the energy moving and I would get comments like wow you're really you're really in tune like you really can feel your body and I'd be like really I mean I guess but I never knew how to interpret the messages and I think that that is something that is really missing in our our culture you know we don't I mean, the whole relationship to the body is just broken and dismissed. And we just like, you know, we, we drive it like a car that we can trade a, trade in later. And we can't. We only get one body. I mean, we might be able to like replace our knees and, and stuff and, and do certain things to it. But it's really the only one that we get. So how did this, my experience with cancer really bring me deeper into my relationship with my body and highlight for me just how how ugly our um, glorification of thinness is in our society. Well, um, when I was gaining weight because of the cancer, it wasn't shocking because of my my history of weight gain. However, it didn't make total sense because I knew that I was pretty active, and I hadn't been overeating uh, not a terrible amount, and I had been eating kind of the way I was eating for a while without weight gain, so it 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 was a little weird, and when I went into surgery, I was almost 170 pounds. I was not comfortable at all, but I also, I wasn't like hating my body, which was new for me. Um, I went into surgery at 170. I came out of surgery at about 145 ish, which means there was a lot of gunk in there from the cancer, a lot of tumor, a lot of fluid. I forget the exact numbers right now. But um, yeah, it was not it was not a weight gain from, you know, just food in and extra fat. And then because I was on the nutrition in the hospital when I came home and I wasn't anymore, my body rapidly declined down to like 120-ish pounds. I never ever ever been 120-ish pounds. I think my lowest when I was working out and exercising a lot, like doing CrossFit and running and eating paleo, I was like just under 140. And um at 120 i was skinny yeah i was real skinny i was like look in the mirror and i felt like yeah not this is i don't want to offend anyone i'm not making a comparison but this is how i felt looking in the mirror with my posture hunched over and i had shaved my head and you could see my my chest bones and you could see my ribs and i my my legs i had such a thigh gap never in my life had i had a thigh gap i had a really big thigh gap my spine you could see it i couldn't sit in chairs without being uncomfortable and i looked in the mirror and i thought i i'm i'm like an like a concentration camp you know prisoner. I look like I'm starved. I look like I am on like the brink of death. Like I that I just I didn't feel alive at all. And none of my clothes fit. I couldn't eat. I I was like feeling like I was going to throw up when I did eat. I had a stomach tube so I could get rid of the food cuz it couldn't go through my system to nourish me. And I was so weak. I I remember I wore a shirt that had buttons down the back and this is I think it was actually the day I went to shave my head and I leaned against these hard chairs that they had in the barber shop and it was just like pain up and down my spine it hurt so bad and I remember telling my my mom that it hurt And she was like oh skinny people problems my mom's not a skinny person and it was like, yeah, yeah, I guess. And I was just like, so sad. Even though I'd always wanted to be skinny. I had even joked before the surgery, like, well, at least I'm going to lose some weight, you know, like kind of, I guess if I've got to find a silver lining in all this, that's, that's there. But being that skinny was scary, really scary. And I, Went um, in to visit my work one day and a coworker there commented to me, Oh my God, what are you? Like a size zero now? And I wanted to punch her. Now, I've had issues with this woman making other comments that are just like, really? <laughs> and I know enough to know about humans and our behavior that... That is a reflection of her values and her relationship to her body and has nothing to do with me. But I just that morning looked in the mirror and, you know, had that thought about, like, I look like I'm steps away from death. And here she is. Oh, my God, you're so skinny. What are you? A size zero? Like, it's the best thing in the world. And that's such a problem. Such a problem. First of all, it's a problem because we glorify thinness. It's not about health. It's about, are you thin? It's, or or are you fat? Are you, you know, do you fit society's standards of beauty or do you not? And that's your worth, period. Not like, how do you feel about your body? Do you have a good relationship with it? Are you healthy? Whether you're 10 pounds overweight, quote unquote, overweight, Um, because how they classify that is just like, I don't think it makes any sense. Um, Or are you at a, a normal weight and maybe not healthy or still not loving your body? Like it has the, the number on the scale and the size on the tag of our clothing should not define our worth. And comments like that, I think are so damaging and I've probably made them myself. I have no doubt, but I really appreciated what my other roommate said to me. um, And when she saw me, because she knows about my lifelong weight struggle. In fact, they both do. And she said, You're very thin now. How do you feel about that? Is this, you know, are you comfortable with your weight? Are you feeling good? Or are you hoping, you know, to gain some more back? I know you haven't been able to eat. And it was just like, oh, that's so nice. She understands that this loss of weight is not is not healthy or it's dramatic and it's not because I was working towards it and that it may not be healthy for my body or my mind and that it may change. So, you know, it shouldn't be glorified. She's also had the experience of being very thin, having people comment on her weight and feeling like, no, I don't want to be this way. Um, And so I think it's important to, um, if, well, first of all, (laughs) commenting on someone's weight is always dicey. It's a sensitive Topic because weight is such a means of equating worth and judging people in our society and controlling women's um, well being, really. I think. So, if you're going to comment on somebody's weight or you notice that they've lost weight, you know, saying something like, I notice you're a little bit thinner. How do you feel about that? Like, how do they feel about it? Totally removes your judgment of it and what you think about weight and really allows a person to show up as they are and share their experience. And if you're going to ask that question, uh, expect that their answer may not jive with your expectations. Um, Although I do think if, if we're being in tune enough to ask an open question like that, uh, we probably have an understanding of that already. So, I mean, my answer to that roommate was, you know, I don't want to go back to 170. And yeah, I joked about this being a, a great, you know, weight loss plan. But I'm ready to gain some weight back because I'm really uncomfortable. I really don't feel good in my life. I really feel scared for my life. And I'm really... I don't, I don't want to be glorified for being a a size zero because it's not cool. It's not healthy. Not for me anyway. And so, um, size is not health. And that was a clear lesson to me, uh, to learn something I already knew, but I I really felt it in those moments of, Looking in the mirror and not recognizing myself and feeling so sick. Uh, Size is not health. Size is not happiness. My body wasn't well. Um, Having some weight actually feels really good on my body, feels more feminine. And um, honestly, when I was, you know, that thin and people were looking at me, I felt so much more objectified and scrutinized than I did when I was ever at a larger size and I did not expect that at all Um, and I'm not gonna lie it's felt pretty good to not be restricted by extra weight before the surgery with the tumor being 170 I had a hard time moving around I got really winded part of that being Not just because of the extra weight and being, like, out of shape, but the tumor was pressing on my um, diaphragm, so that made it hard to to breathe. But, yeah, it wasn't comfortable, and I don't remember it ever being comfortable when I was, like, at 170 before when it wasn't tumor. I, I didn't like being restricted. So, yeah, I enjoy being thinner, but I also... Um, enjoy being healthy. Like I appreciate my body more. And um, yeah, I, I just, so that brings me to the next point that I wanted to talk about that gratitude. I have so much, so much gratitude for this body because it has been up and down in its weight my whole life. I've been mostly disconnected from it and trying to control it, but every day it has reliably functioned to support my life no matter how poorly I treated it. It has showed up for me every single day. And even though it was riddled with tumor in in my abdomen, it continued to show up. And I don't know how long the tumor was there. I don't know how long I walked around with my organs becoming diseased and compressed and all that, but it showed up. It showed up for me. It showed up for me every day that I didn't listen to the symptoms it was telling me, it was giving me that I needed help. I felt them. I felt a lot of them in hindsight. I can see so many of the little off feelings that I had and the, the rashes I was having rashes out of nowhere. And I don't think I've mentioned that before. Um, and itching and these signs of inflammation and, um, discomfort. My body was communicating with me and I could feel it. I could feel all of it. I just didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what to do about it. And the times when I did go to seek help for it, I was dismissed. And after I was dismissed so many times, like I just kinda was like, okay, well, I guess these things happening are just things happening that have no real meaning. So think about think about that. If you had a friend that kept reaching out, or let's say you are the friend, you keep reaching out to a friend reaching out you text message you call you send a card you see them in a public space and you're like tapping them on the shoulder tap 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 for like for like an hour and they're just like uh, like shrug their shoulder and they brush you away but then like you keep doing it you keep doing it every day you keep doing it and you get no response would you keep doing it for for years on end you'd probably be like whatever i'm out of here but not the body the body kept trying to communicate to me and finally, um, finally I listened and a doctor listened and we figured it out and then my body took me through the experience that it needed to have to say goodbye to that tumor and it wasn't easy and it declined, but, it was resilient. I listened to it and it's bounced back. And I wish I could say that every day since the surgery that I've been so super good about listening to my body and giving it exactly everything that it needs, but I'm not perfect and I still have a life to live. And it's not always easy to do the things that it needs exactly when it needs it. Like, I should lie down in a certain position after I eat to support my shortened digestive system. But doing that when I'm working is really hard. And um, sometimes I eat things that my new digestive system doesn't like. And I eat it because I just really wanted some raw veggies. And I kind of think like, well, maybe... Maybe it's healed enough to handle it again. And then they don't. And that's also, that's just learning. You know, it's negotiating a relationship. Um, We don't always do things that our friends like. They tell us and then we're like, oh, okay, sorry about that. You know, That's, that's how it is with the body too. So I'm really grateful to my body for showing up and I feel a lot more connected to it than I did before. I feel like I can feel what it's feeling and interpret it better or I'm more willing to listen because I understand that there's a reason. So this whole cancer experience was a call back into my body that I had been ignoring for so long that I didn't understand and it it's taken me more deeply into it and awakening to the physical realm and its impermanence than um, I ever had before and I'm actually really grateful for that I'm really grateful for that because it means that I take life a lot more seriously now that I have an appreciation for the physical world I lived a lot of life in my head Not necessarily in a productive way, you know, not like in this dreaming visionary way, but in this worry fear kind of way and, um, separated from my body. So unable to really make an impact in life and in the world. And, um, that's changing now. So, um, I still have some unrealistic expectations of my body, I think, and those are things that I'm working through and it's just going to take some awareness and acceptance and um, just practice, really. So another attitude that has come from this shift or or this cancer experience, I should say, is um, compassion and the way... The way that I look at and appreciate my body now gets reflected into the way that I look at and appreciate all bodies differently. I realize that I don't know what anyone has been through that perhaps has made them thinner or made them a little fluffier, you know? A lot of times weight gain is, um, it's certainly physical, but it's also emotional like my weight when I was younger was linked to emotional eating and wanting to create this safe and warm space for myself that I didn't feel was created by my family environment and um, sometimes thinness comes to people by means of um, control and there are studies out there that show that we have these adverse childhood events these traumas that happen to us and then they manifest as these compulsive behaviors overeating or or controlled eating you know anorexia bulimia and then it affects our physical shape so whatever someone's body is taking shape as perhaps is reflected in their emotional state and whatever hard things they've been through and that's really none of my business at all um and it is it's it's nobody's business it's between that person and their own spirit and body and their doctors um so i'm going to talk more about that by the way i think um in perhaps even one of the episodes um in that series i was talking about about sobriety and um, uh, coping mechanisms. But anyway, um, I have no more hate for my body really. It's doing the best it can and I'm doing the best I can to support it, which, you know, that's one of the four agreements. Um, and speaking of another of those four agreements that is reflected here, I think is the, um, don't take anything personally. Whatever, what any blah, 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 Rewind. <laughs> Whatever anyone does or says is a reflection of their own reality. Just like my acceptance of my body and now, now is reflected in my acceptance of other people's bodies and appreciation for them, and realizing it's none of my business. Um, that comment that. Um, that person made about my body being a size zero and glorifying it, that's all about them. Um, So that's an important thing to keep in mind. Um, And then I just wanted to touch one more time on other people's opinions of our bodies and how society puts this pressure on uh, thinness in a certain not just thinness, but a certain shape of a woman's body and just how messed up it is, how much our society wants to control our our bodies, especially as women. Creating that insecurity in us is a source of control because if you need to be thinner, then you need the gym membership and you need those athletic clothes that are going to make you look good at the gym and you You need liposuction, and you need a tummy-controlling contraption to wear under whatever it is you want to wear, and you need a bra to give you more padding and more lift because, of course, you should have big boobs, and you need a, a personal trainer, and you need the latest diet, and you need these supplements to make you better. And, you know, going beyond thinness, like, you need to color your hair, you need to do all this, like, you need to look a certain way, and our economy thrives on that. But um, we choose uh, to take that as a belief, and as adults, we do get to choose it. It can be really hard to recognize that the message, that belief we have that thin is good, is unfounded. doesn't really come from anywhere except for the messages that we received when we were kids. Like, why did I think when I was like, I don't know, eight years old that I needed to be thin? Well, I probably saw it on TV and I probably heard my mom express dissatisfaction for her body. And I absorbed that because that's how it works. So mamas, please, like, learn to love your body and understand its messages and give that gift to your children. Um. So the other thing that I just wanted to hit on one more time is that there's a way to talk about image and, and bodies and relationships um, to another person consciously and distilled of your own beliefs. And it's such a big shift from the way we're used to interacting. And it's something that I am learning to be better at every day. And I have so much more awareness of it after my own experience. And right now I, I, yeah, I'm learning. I have not mastered it. And I, don't know that I ever will. <laughs> um, I hope to just get better and better. And I say I don't know that I ever will because I think we're always learning. I hope to be really aware of that and um, as sensitive as I can be so that I can be the best kind of friend and, and person to uh, everyone that I meet in life. And I feel like I'm just getting started on that element of the path anyway. I'm so grateful to those who have modeled it for me. And I, I mean, truly, I, I learn so much from every person that I meet and every friend that I have. And that is a gift of this experience of life. So how do we change? Well, I changed my attitude by changing myself, by examining myself. And I really think that that's how change starts in general. It starts with each of us, every body, we change our relationship to something within ourselves and we start looking at the world differently. We start talking about it. We start modeling it for other people. And essentially it's contagious. Um, so what am I doing now and like to embrace my body um, I'm loving it. I'm nourishing it, I'm moving it, I'm talking about it, I'm recognizing it. Basically, I have a a relationship with it now that isn't based on pushing it away. It's under, there's understanding, there's inquiry, curiosity. Oh, this is happening. what can what can that mean? And that, I should say, I'm aiming for balanced curiosity because sometimes there becomes like obsessive curiosity. Oh my God, why is that happening? Like I've been gaining weight recently because I've been able to eat and my body is feeling more safe, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gaining weight. The last time I gained weight, I had a tumor. Could it be a tumor again? And instead of like letting that go it's like okay I'm gaining weight what have I been eating how does that make me feel do I need to see a doctor you know just balanced curiosity and then another element of change is really I think watching our language and how we speak about our bodies and other people's bodies the language is a reflection of our beliefs like I wish I had written some stuff down because I had a bunch of things about like how, how we talk about our bodies that this relates to, but unfortunately I didn't. So (laughs) we'll leave it at that. Maybe I'll have an Instagram post on it. Um, yeah. The words we use reflect the beliefs that we have about our bodies and how bodies should be. Um, and like I said, mamas, if you have kids, this is huge. Your attitude and self-talk shapes theirs. And um, being careful how we speak to not just children, but others. Um, you know, When we remove our opinions and our judgments, we open up the space to really connect with them. With them and their feelings. Like my feelings when someone was all excited that I was a size zero was like, oh my god, I might be dying. Um, and that's very, very different. So framing something as how do you feel about X just removes what it is that you think about X. And another thing that I think is super important is that we should all question the media. <laughs> like, And not compare ourselves. Question the media and not compare ourselves to someone who has a personal trainer and this and that and the other thing. And if they're that skinny, they're probably obsessing about their weight just as much as you are. Like being skinny doesn't just like solve everything. Um, And um, detox from the media if necessary. Question what they're telling you and get curious about everything that you're told and that you think, you know, um, especially the things that take up a lot of energetic space or time or money. Like if weight is something that you're obsessing about questioning why would be probably really valuable because it'll reveal some things that maybe you didn't realize you're thinking. And then, um, maybe you don't need to think, um, like, why do i color or straighten my hair or put on makeup for 20 minutes or wear shoes that really hurt or even on the other side like why do i avoid the gym and then questions to ask is like what if i didn't do those things like what if i didn't color my hair like what might i do with that time instead would the end result feel better and if the answer to like what if i didn't is people are going to think i'm old then maybe question what's wrong with being old that means that my body has shown up for me for so many days and it's super reliable and I get I should be able to celebrate that shouldn't I um and then who says like who says that looking my age is a bad thing and and do I really want someone else telling me how to live my life you know and maybe you don't want to hear me telling you to question these things that's fine too um and then the last thing on the the whole change part is um that uh developing a relationship with our body and this links into everything i just talked about but when we develop a relationship with our body we can really understand its needs and become aware of our body as a miracle and when we learn its language then we we're we're so much more connected and we can serve it better we can serve it as well as it serves us and ways that i found to do that are through meditation yoga and really any mind body exercise my favorite has been walking the slack line. I found it the best way to really use what I feel in my body and move me forward and notice how my breath feels in my body and, and find balance. Yoga does that too. There's also breath work and emotional freedom technique, um, anything that invites embodiment. I think any movement practice when done with real awareness can bring us into our body in that way. Okay. So wrap up, final thoughts, kind of summary here. Um, I'm amazed. I'm amazed at how much my relationship with my body has changed. And I just want to celebrate that. I think it's really cool. I think that that's one of the coolest things that has come from this experience. And I'm, I'm sad. I'm also really sad that It took that for me to get there, but it took what it took, and so that's okay. (laughs) That's okay. Um, I'm grateful that it happened. My experience with, with cancer brought me so much more into my body and to this conclusion that it's such a freaking miracle. I mean, my body is now doing what it did for me every day before when I was ignoring it and treating it like crap. Only now it's doing it with like out half the things (laughs) without a spleen, without a gallbladder and bits of intestine and stomach and diaphragm and, and it's healed and it's doing really freaking well with what it's got and with how I treated it over the years. Um, and I, I want to say that I'm grateful and I'm accepting of my body and not obsessed about what weight I'm at. But I'm not like 100%. Like, I don't want to go back to 170 pounds because I know that I don't feel good that way. I do fear gaining weight because it's like, what if it's tumor? But I think that that awareness allows me to have more balance and a deeper relationship with my body and more of a willingness to support it in the way that it needs to be supported so that I can maintain a healthy weight a more comfortable weight and just feel good in my body not because I'm worried about what other people think about it but because I feel a certain way in it um And I'm still learning to, like I said, listen to everything my body is telling me and support it in the best way and release some beliefs that might still be there that don't serve me um, and traumas that are healing. I don't pretend to know it all because I think that like, this is a process. There are, I know, still some uncomfortable emotions and situations that I avoid with snacking and that is uh something I'm I'm paying more attention to right now but um I have so much more awareness and the awareness that I've gained is allowing me to continue to expand and just feel better and better and better um and I'm excited yeah I hope that by my sharing my experience with you about Just this journey that I've had with my body throughout my life and my relationship to weight uh, throughout my life uh, and then throughout this cancer experience has helped you in some way. Maybe it will help you deepen your relationship to your body. It might help you change how you speak to someone else about their body. It might help you develop a little bit more Empathy for someone who has been uh, sick or had a change in weight loss. Oh, that's another thing, actually, I wanted to touch on. When I laid this out, I hadn't um, done the women's retreat yet, but at the women's retreat, so much came up about body image, about weight, and about weight going both ways. People who had gained weight weight and were uncomfortable and people who had lost weight and were really uncomfortable. And the the people who had gained weight, it was like, oh my gosh, I don't think the, you know, people aren't going to like me. They're going to think I'm the fat one, yada, yada, yada. When, you know, in reality, at least with the women present, nobody was, nobody was thinking that, nobody at all. And with people who had lost weight, people, we, we noticed that People had glorified us. You know, they thought, like, oh, it's so nice. But in reality, we were like, oh my gosh, I'm not myself. I feel really sick. I'm worried about something being wrong. And people want to comment on my weight. Like, that's what they care about. Um, yeah, it was just wild at both sides, both ends, on both ends. Women have so much insecurity about it. And women and the way that we approach other women about weight perpetuate that. So the change is really within each and every one of us. And when a woman who might be worried about weight meets a woman who's become at peace with it and has a different view, and we openly talk about this, then I think, you know, the ones who are openly talking about it maybe shift something in someone who hasn't thought about it in this new way and then they adopt that person adopts a new way of thinking about it and a new relationship with their body and it's just like a domino effect in the same way that this obsession with weight as our worth has infected our current view in our society okay so that's it those are all my thoughts that I have right now on uh, weight and worth and body image and all that. I hope it's been useful. And I am so grateful for you spending the time with me today. I hope it's had some meaning for you. I really hope that uh, I can bring more conversation uh, to the table about this among women. Uh, So please uh, reach out, tell me what you thought, Um, share this with a sister who maybe needs to hear it or or would find it useful and I look forward to connecting soon I'll have some more podcasts out (laughs) hopefully sooner than before Um, but I am working full-time through November 30th trying to get those hours in and um, that's the most important thing for me right now. And then second most is listening to my body and serving it, giving it what it needs. And then um, out here connecting with you guys because that fills up my soul. So until next time, I hope you're living a wonderful life, feeling good in your body, um, peaceful in your mind, and just grateful to be here. I'll connect with you next time. Till then, lots of love. Hey, I forgot to tell you, I'll be hanging out over on Instagram uh, a little more frequently, I'm hoping, uh, because my mom wants me to. So, if you want to know more about uh, the day to day of Unraveling Rachel, you can follow me there at Unraveling Rachel, all one word. And it would also be awesome if you went and gave this podcast a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, iTunes, I think, is kind of the place where most people do it. But you can review it in other apps as well. So a subscribe and a review goes a really, really long way to helping me get this message out there and to reaching more people so that I can ultimately achieve my mission of making the world a better place. That's that's what I want to do. I'm using my experiences, and really the sorrow that I'm experiencing through cancer and the realizations it's given me to make something that serves the community and helps us all be better and live more joyful lives. So thanks again for listening. Talk to you next time. Lots of love.